am Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, it has been a week. We will talk about that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, there's a lot going on at Hallis Hall this week. Uh, (laughs) Almost none of it good. Long list. Long uh, last week we were all about what Chase Claypool taking some plays off. Yeah, uh, it's a little more serious this week. Between uh, Ryan Poles talked today, by the way, talked Thursday morning, and he started with the team is bad. Right. He started with we're zero and two, and this looks pretty bad. Right. Like on the field, but uh, Alan Williams sudden resignation, if mm-hmm. you can call it sudden, it's been kind of a week in the making. Um, what was originally positioned to us as a personal issue has now become he doesn't work here anymore and the Bears are trying to patch that together. Justin Fields vented a lot of frustration this week about being overcoached. Yep. And that is exactly what he said. That's not his word, but that is clearly what he said. Clearly had issues with the coaching staff. Clearly saw that uh, that wasn't going to go over real well in the building and circled everyone back and accused the media of misrepresenting what he said. That isn't what happened. Right. He said it and then didn't like how it played out. Mm-hmm. But in, in no way were his uh, sentiments misrepresented. So all of that's going wrong. I don't even know if we would remember to tell you that the left tackle is on IR. Braxton Jones. That's a big problem. That'd be the lead story a lot of other weeks. And while you're dealing with all of that mess, Pet, you're taking this show on an airplane Saturday to... Kansas City, to yeah. Play the defending champs in their building on Sunday. Yeah, it's just bad news all around. Uh, other things that we could add to that: the offensive coordinator had to explain today why he called a screen pass at his own six that got returned for a touchdown in the game. Uh, just, just you know, Matt Eberflus handling the Allen Williams situation awkwardly uh, up until the point uh, when he. Uh, when they put out a statement yesterday or on on Wednesday, just just a mess. Let's talk about Alan Williams just real quick. What we know and, and what we don't know as we sit here on a Thursday afternoon. Um, obviously, there was some sort of precipitating incident um, uh, that resulted in Williams issuing a statement from his own stationery, and the Bears putting out a one sentence uh, statement about him uh, having personal and family issues. Uh, you know. He could have stayed on personal and family leave here and been employed by the team. Um, so I, I think we all uh, are curious as to what else there is out there. But uh, it's not good, whatever it is. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, we were told by his attorney that he is not, that no one is pressing legal action against him. He's not under investigation for anything like that. Um, but that's as of now. Right. And Alan Williams said in that statement, if that statement is really from him, that he's going to address his health and then come back and coach. Yep. Which would be a pretty brazen thing to say if you've done something really atrocious. So, um, But it is it is pretty clear reading between the lines that there is... There is, there is, some, there is something going on here that's not as simple as I have a, a physical health condition and need to get... Yes. treatment for it and then I'll be fine I mean you've seen that happen before mm-hmm. and you've seen the way that that's handled 
by the person and by the team and by their bosses, by their head coach, a lot be a lot different than that. You saw that even on Sunday with Nate Davis. Uh, you know, he missed the game with a personal reason because there was a death in the family. Matt Eberflus talks about you know talked about reaching out to him and uh, you know checking in on him. You know, that is a detail that has been conspicuously absent from the Alan Williams conversation. Uh, Jason, Matt Eberflus is going to call plays on Sunday against Patrick Mahomes. Have fun with that. Uh, if you were them, would you pursue some help on the defensive side? I, I think it's probably silly to bring in a whole new coordinator, but, you know, in theory, you can add somebody to help and maybe try and lighten Matt Eberflus's load a little bit. I think if I was Matt Eberflus, I would want someone in there calling defensive plays. And that might take time. That might not be something you can do right now. He might be able to see the thing too, though, Patrick, is if you just like promote somebody off the staff, then you got to replace that person in right. their job. If he could find, I think you just casually mentioned the name Rod Marinelli yesterday. Someone like that, someone that has experience with Eberflus, that could come in. You know, Eberflus still calls plays for like another few weeks or a month, so this person really gets their feet wet. And then Eberflus hands that back over. Because, here's why. One of the things I loved about Matt Eberflus when they hired him was that he came in and said, I'm going to be a CEO-style head coach. Right. I'm not going to be one of these like head coaches that is really just another coordinator. Matt Nagy no. was that. Right. Matt Nagy was basically just the Bears' offensive coordinator. Vic Fangio or Sean Desai or Chuck Pagano had autonomy and just kind of was head coach of the defense. Matt Eberflus didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the right approach and you're seeing it this week, Patrick. What is the number one football issue that needs to be dealt with? They need to rush the passer. They need to move the football. They need to, I mean, they're 12. Still all wrong. Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, right. Justin yeah. Fields, the offense, the disconnect between your most important player and his coaches, that is exactly the situation where a CEO-style coach is needed because he steps in right away and works that out. He handles it. Guess what? Matt Eberflus, a little bit busy right now because he's also the defensive coordinator. I don't see how he can possibly tend to all these things at once. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of fires to put out. And, I mean, I'll ask you this. What part about the ball club is running well right now? It's hard to find something. I, I don't know. Yeah, Ryan Poles had to go, had to come downstairs today. Cairo. I mean, Ryan Poles had to offer up without being asked uh, his support for Matt Eberflus. When you're getting a vote of confidence in week two and a half, uh, that is that is bad news. And letting us know that Kevin Warren and George McCaskey aren't getting antsy either, according to Ryan Poles. Yeah, that was um, I. I understand Poles is uh, I under, I understand why Poles would want to come down and try and calm things down because what they had been doing wasn't working. Uh, but what did you think of what he had to say? Uh, I think that Ryan Poles is. I respect that Ryan Poles will come down and talk anytime anything's going on because that is a way of taking responsibility for it. Right. That is a way of him saying, I run the football side here, so anything that happens here, even if it's bad, traces back to me. It lands on my desk. So I respect that. But some of what he said was a little bit troubling, and most of what he said over eight minutes was actually about Justin Fields and his comments and his play. There have been some. There were some other things, and there was, a, there was an Alan Williams segment of that press conference, but it was mostly about Justin Fields and Ryan Paul saying kind of what everybody has been thinking for a while is that this didn't look good in the preseason, Patrick. No. And so now it's not that surprising that it doesn't look good now. And Ryan Pulse was saying that like that they didn't get Justin Fields the experience that he probably needed. They didn't get him the preparation that he needed in the preseason. And part of that is are the rules. 
because you can't really go full speed, full contact with quarterbacks, and it's not prudent to anyway. But also, you know, the way they handled preseason games. And, of course, there's an explanation for that from them is that too many offensive linemen were hurt and they didn't want to trot out their potential someday franchise quarterback behind half of an offensive line in a preseason game. Sure. But all of that leads to here we are, the season's underway, and he's not ready. Justin Fields is not ready. And also, the part that Ryan Pulse didn't say, the coaches might not be ready. The coaches might not have seen what they needed to see from him to be able to make these adjustments before they got to 0-2 and and him throwing pick sixes. It's all bad. I hate to keep getting back to this. I think what you Fields say that every episode. You say it's all bad every time, but this is like the worst it's been under this administration. Yeah, this is the worst it's been since the Matt Nagy pre-fired report. Well, sure, and also, I mean, there's a you know the um, you know the, the the low expectations they had last year made a day like this almost impossible. Yeah, and part of what was so alarming about the locker room after their loss to Green Bay, and then all that week last week, was that it felt. It felt down, and you know you feel down when you actually think you're going to be better, and then you're not. And they felt uh, it felt deflated here. Um, do you think players allowed themselves throughout training camp to uh, think that they were going to be better than they were to this point? Oh, they, everybody in the building thought they were going to be better. I think they were somewhat clear-eyed about their problems. I think they knew, okay, you know, the pass rush is an issue. Justin Fields has some strides to make. But I think going into the season, everybody was looking at the high end of possibilities for every aspect of the team. Mm-hmm. I think they that the players, the coaches, all saw the best possible outcome for Justin Fields and the best possible outcome for Claypool and Yannick Ngakwe and the pass rush at large, those two rookie defensive tackles. And two games in, it, Pat, it is just it is not just that it's fallen short, of those expectations, it has plunged. It has fallen so far short. There's such a gap between right. what they promised and what they delivered. Nothing's popped either. It's not like you. I mean, maybe you can look at T.J. Moore last week and saying, "All right, this this is kind of the ideal that we had when we brought him in." But running game, best in the league last year. Now it's completely pedestrian. It's not working. It's not working. You know, Dante Foreman gets benched. Uh, in week two because they'd rather keep somebody to play special teams. Pass rush isn't there, even though they got their hands on Baker Mayfield. you got to take him down. Uh, Kyler Gordon's hurt. Uh, it's it's uh, Eddie Jackson's hurt. It's uh, show me, Give me one area where things are working out. There's just not one. No, and the one area where you most need to fix things is with fields. And now you're going to go into a game without your left guard and left tackle. Tevin Jenkins still on IR for two more games. I mean, they've they he, Lucas Patrick has been unreliable. It, Nate Davis was out of practice today, Thursday. I mean, you just don't know if you're going to have a, a a valid offensive line for sure. to play behind. And Larry Borum would be uh, the left tackle to take Braxton Jones's place, unless uh, the Bears at some point end up moving. Uh, Darnell right there, that would be a problem, I think. He's How a, fast did they get Larry? Did this administration, did this coaching staff get Larry Borum out of the starting lineup? Right, sure. Yeah. Day one. Although I agree with them not wanting to move Darnell right over. I think that, you know, uh, if you thought he's a right tackle, keep him a right tackle. Uh, Iberflus seems pretty strong that they weren't going to do that. How do, is there, how do teams dig out of this? 
Is there a way to do that? I would say you play like the Cardinals and the Buccaneers, but I don't know that that would work for the Bears because we just saw what happened with that. Right. Um, it's not by playing the Chiefs. Right. You could figure out all of your problems this week and still lose by 20 to the Chiefs. Like, this is really not a good week for it. I think that they pulled out of their issues somewhat last year, mm-hmm. around like week five or six. Going into that New England game, there was more designed runs. They had innovated a little bit. You can't wait that long right now. You have to do it now. Right. You have to do it this week. But I think it is possible that you could set the offense up to be more comfortable for fields, more natural to him, and not worry so much about how you get there, just that you get there. Right. Just that he finds a way. And that was one of the things, Patrick, that Fields said last summer that he liked about this coaching staff, mm-hmm. as opposed to Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and John Filippo, was that there was not such an emphasis on doing it their way this year. That it was more just like find a way to get it done and as long as the job gets done, that's fine. But what we've heard this week sounds more like, you know, you got to do it our way. And the thing that I've been waiting for since yeah. Fields made those comments mm-hmm. uh, about his frustrations with being overcoached yeah. was one of the coaches to say, oh, we're going to change it for him. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't heard that from Eberflus or Getze. No, no, Getze could have said that today and he didn't. Maybe that's gamesmanship, but, you know, in, until we actually see changes, it just... I just didn't hear anyone say, hey, oh, we got it. We heard you, Justin. We're good. Like, right. we will... We will do that. We will come over here and help us scheme this up, help us get this where it'll fit you. I hadn't heard anything along those lines. Yeah, Getsy says he has no beef with Justin. Um, do you buy that? I don't buy any of their, like him or Eberflus, everything has been to the, the – what I'm looking for is that they're going to change and make right. this work for him because mm-hmm. it clearly isn't. And instead what you're getting is everything's fine. Right. Everything's fine. We talk all the time. We want him to say things like this. When Matt Eberflus was asked if he was surprised by Justin Fields' comments, his answer was, oh, we want him to speak freely. But that doesn't really answer the question. Right. Well, and, uh, you know, if they talk Monday or Monday after every game and Fields relays that to them, that he feels like he's being hampered by the play calling or the amount of information, I think that's a healthy exchange. I think taking that public is different. I think Luke Getze has maintained throughout his time here that everything's going fine. Right. And everything will, even if it didn't look fine in the last game you watched, will get there. Right. And it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And it's now coming off, to me, very condescending oh. to say, well, what's chaotic to you guys is not necessarily chaotic to mm-hmm. us. And me and Fields and Andrew Janoko are closer than you guys could ever imagine. Well, sure. If you guys were that close, I feel like this would have come up before month, before Wednesday. Well, and also that's such a football guy approach, which is a us against the world thing. Um, and that's what teams say in the face of adversity. But I, I think what... What, what the Bears were dealing with this week was, I mean, maybe in Luke Getze's world, the adversity he's dealing with is Justin Fields being able to move the football. But, you know, big picture, the, this isn't just a football story. This is a story about a franchise that finds itself kind of back in the muck where we've seen it live over and over again. Whether it's, you know, Matt Nagy or John Fox or Mark Tressman, there have been these sort of tempests. I, I was telling somebody yesterday, Jason, that, you know, it was kind of a top five insane day in Hallis Hall for me on Wednesday. But the fact that we have a list is the most amazing part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, it doesn't ever seem to matter who's in charge. Right. And with this group that they have in charge right now, there's not one of these guys that they hired Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Gatsy, 
Alan Williams, Richard Hightower. There's not one of those guys that when they hired him, you're like, oh, this guy is not a serious person. No. Oh, this guy is a clown. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. All of these were respectable, logical hires. Right. And it's like you walk in the door and you just you catch the disease somehow of like the incompetency. Like they are not running the way that you thought they would by this point. Justin Fields doesn't throw a pick six on a screen. And if the screen works or if the next play works or the next play works and they march and score. Now that's going 93 yards. That was like 93 ifs you just yeah, gave but, us. But 93 yards, but he had gone 90 in the previous drive. What is the is the tone different if they're one and one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the, the Allen Williams thing would still be a big deal, but it wouldn't be, hey, everything's a mess. Right. But you have, again, as Ryan Pohl started his press conference on Thursday, you have the starting point on all this is like 0-2 look really bad in the first two games. Right. Totally overmatched this week. Is it worth even doing predictions, Jason? Yeah, I want to hear how bad it is, yeah. Nobody picks the Bears, right? Scoop Jackson picked the Bears. Scoop Jackson not being on this podcast uh, is really robbing us of an excuse to <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, to quiz him. Uh, we're all doing something pretty similar in our scores, uh, Jason. I'm surprised you didn't pick the Bears. Why? For the strategic advantage of if they did, you'd be the only one. I'm two and zero already, Jason. I don't okay. I don't need a strategic okay. advantage. Uh, Rick Morrissey's got the Chiefs thirty eight seventeen. Tellender's got them forty two twenty one. I have them 32-14. You've got them 34-16. Potsy's got them 31-17. I think we're all thinking the same thing, which is a game that's not particularly close. Maybe the Bears make it look a little closer uh, with a late score or something like that. Uh, I think that's where the bar is, too, for this being a good week for them, all things considered. And I'm not doing this for them generally this year. I'm not doing, well, just you know, play a little better and, you know, not a real win, but like a moral win, a Bears type win, you know, or like things just are progressing. But I think this week that is that has to be the realistic bar. It can't just be expecting, uh, you know, that they'll beat the defending champions on the road with all of this going on. But for me, it would be like a good week for them if Fields plays better, plays more his style, and they just don't get embarrassed. And they have mostly not gotten embarrassed. It's pretty hard to go 3-14. and 14 Right. And have kind of all your games be reasonably hard fought. There were very few games where they just got blown out and had no chance. I asked you this question after the Packers game is, if the Bears had scored a ton of points and lost, would the mood be different? And I think the answer was, yeah, probably. Because the big question, you know, this, off, or this season, in addition to how many games are you going to win, is, you know, is Justin Fields the guy? Trying to find that answer... Uh, is crucial if he goes, you know, if he has 250 passing yards and 70 rushing yards and two touchdowns, that's, I, I, I think, I think that would give people, that would be the best game he's played in a long time. I think that would give people a little bit of hope. Uh, I, I'm not counting on it. Like I say, every week when I pick the bears, like I got to see it first. I'm, you know, no. this is all, it's blind faith to presume they're going to do anything good offensive defensively or otherwise. The, the underlying problem with all of this is that you don't know if it's headed the right way. Right. You don't know if Ryan Poles has this headed the right way. You don't know if Matt Eberflus has it headed the right way. And you don't know if Justin Fields is headed the right way. If you felt confident in those things and you were still losing, I think you would feel better about the big picture for them. And you would say, well, they've got two first-round picks. They can go draft a pass rusher. At least some of the bigger question marks are solved. And they're not right now. 
And it's week three. It is awfully early, Patrick, for a state of the franchise address from the GM. Way too early. And uh, if we're here now, where are we in week seven, Jason? Yeah, I don't know. The thing that will help them is playing lesser teams. But, I mean, I don't know that they've played a good team yet. I don't know that Tampa and Green Bay were good teams. And I, I don't see a team in the league that's a pushover for the Bears. See you Christmas Eve at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so t- t- until then, the fire rages. Okay. That, that'll be, yeah, that'll be the draft pick bowl. Um, Jason, there'll be plenty to talk about. Uh, if anything pops up between now and the game, we will jump back on. But otherwise, we will uh, be back at it from the press box Sunday night. Until then, you can follow Jason, Mark Potash, and myself on social media. Check us out in print or online. Uh, check out the Sometimes app as well. Until then, he's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.